are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. This morning, I want to encourage somebody with this thought, and I feel the Lord has confirmed His Word this morning, and my title is, It's Time for Revival. It's time for revival. It's time for revival. The term revival for many of us, it's a Christian term. If you, you're not, maybe didn't grow up in church or maybe haven't been around church a long time, that word might have a different meaning, but for those who grew up in church, when we say revival, it it means a little something to us. We hearken back to moments with God. We hearken back to historic times with God that maybe others have told us about, like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Topeka, Kansas, like William Seymour at Azusa Street. We think of revival. We think of G.T. Haywood in Indianapolis or Witherspoon in Columbus. If you grew up here in Cincinnati, there were some revivals that took place here that literally shook the church. If you grew up at the Calvary Church, you probably remember fondly some revivals, some moments with God where there were special services designated to seeing God's Spirit poured out in a powerful way. When I think of revival, I go back to a time as a child. I grew up in church. My dad started, dad and mom started a church when I was three years old. And I remember the revivals, what we called revivals then, that took place in that church on Navarre Road, that little building And I have fond memories of the power and presence of God like we felt this morning as a a child. I can remember at 901 Duber Avenue, the power of God meeting us there in a profound way. And an evangelist that we're having next week, Eli Hernandez, he came when I was a kid, when I was a, a teenager. He would come to our church in Canton and have revival services that impacted my life. We were moved by the power of God. And so I understand when we say revival, that's what we mean. And that's a very good thing to think back on. I can remember moments with God at the Ohio camp meeting. And and we're promoting that this week. I hope that you'll have a chance to go up there on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. But not too long ago, just a few years ago, I can remember I had, I, I considered it a great opportunity as I stood behind Anthony Mangan while he preached a message there on a Friday night of camp meeting. And the reason I was standing behind him was because I was holding a flashlight and the power had went out in the tabernacle. And so he preached that service with a megaphone and the power of God met us in a profound, profound way 
way. And there's nothing like those type of moments. And I believe that for some in this room today, today could have been one of those moments for you where you'll remember the rest of your life, the power of God that met you in this room. Some of you who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last couple weeks, you will remember some of those services. You'll remember Vinny Azzolini being here and you receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's something about revival. There's something about this idea that God's Spirit would meet with us on a special occasion. And these moments with God are landmarks. These moments with God tilt our trajectory. They tilt us towards the power and the will of God for our life. I have to tell you, I'm thankful for the Calvary Church this morning. I'm thankful for a church who is hungry for the things of God, a church who is reaching for the things of God. Because if I'm honest today, there's been a few times, even though I'm a pastor around here, there's been a few times that I've come in to the house of God in this powerful atmosphere has tilted the trajectory of my life, has turned me just a little bit, that has set me on a course that points us to these type of services, these type of moments point us to the possibility of God in future generations. Those of you who grew up at Calvary, you probably remember some really great services back in the 70s or or 80s or 90s. You remember times with God. And what is it to you now, those moments with God? I'll tell you what it is. It's a moment. It's a landmark. It's a stake in the ground that says, God, if If he can do it then, he can do it now. If God can heal then, he can heal now. If he can baptize then, he can baptize now. If he can deliver from drugs and perversion and alcohol and everything else, he can do it today. It's time for revival. We need revival today just as bad as we needed revival in 1968, in the 70s, in the 80s, the 90s. I want Calvary to know it's revival time now. Oh, hallelujah. One of the greatest revivals in the Old Testament is found after the children of Israel have been taken into captivity. They've been taken into captivity by Babylon, and there's Walls that have been destroyed, the the people have been taken captive, the temple has been destroyed. And, And so now God decides that he's going to deliver them from captivity. And he speaks through the prophet Zechariah about this deliverance, and I want to read it for you today. Zechariah 10, verse 6, he says, God says, I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because I have mercy on them. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside, for I am the Lord their God, and I will hear them. Take comfort in the word today. God's hearing your prayer. Even if you find yourself in captivity, even if you find yourself in bondage, even if it's your own mistakes that have got you in this mess, can I tell you that God's still hearing your prayer? 
He said, those of Ephraim shall be like the mighty men. Their hearts shall rejoice as if with wine. Yes, their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. I love this verse. I will whistle for them and gather them for I will redeem them. He makes the call. I can't, I can't do the loud whistle, but I've got a little whistle that I'll do. Brother Pasley taught me this years ago. I remember him walking into the dining hall of the camp ground. It's absolutely filled with all kinds of people. I'm sitting way towards the concession stand. The door's way over there. I'm sitting with Kristen. All of a sudden, I see Kristen go. I mean, it's people are loud. They're talking. Everybody's doing their thing. All of a sudden, she turns. She said, my dad's here. (laughs) He had a whistle that he would use, and he would call the troops together. That's what God was doing. God was whistling. He's saying, hey, come here. I want to bring you back. I want to redeem you. I've got something to do with your life. He said, I will whistle for them and gather them, for I will redeem them, and they shall increase as they once Increased. I will sow them, sow them among the peoples, and they shall remember me in far countries. They shall live together with their children. They shall return. I will bring them back from the land of Egypt. I will gather them from Assyria. I will bring them into the land of Gilead and Lebanon until no more room is found for them. He shall pass through the sea with affliction and strike the waves of the sea. All the depths of the river shall dry up. Then the pride of Assyria shall be brought down and the scepter of Egypt shall depart. Then he says, so I will strengthen them in the Lord and they shall walk up and down in his name, says the Lord. God prophesies to this group that is bound and captive and says, I'm going to gather you. I'm going to redeem you. And this is exactly what we find in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. This originally was one book, and they ended up separating it. But it's one big story. And you find characters like Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah. And they they rebuild the temple. And Ezra reestablishes the law in the community. And Nehemiah builds the walls. And they begin, and they start putting this all together But there's this interesting moment in the middle of this story where Ezra, this leader of Israel, who is helping to gather the people. Zerubbabel has already built the temple. He's already found the altar. And now Ezra is going to gather together the people and he's going to read them the law. And there's this interesting moment where he does this. He leads them to worship And he leads them to worship according to the word of God. And all is going well. And then a bomb is dropped on Ezra. And I want to look at this real quick. Ezra 9 verse 1 says, When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands. And he says that they began to marry, they were married to other people from other countries and basically they were serving other gods. And so Ezra was taken back by this. And he said in verse 3, so when I heard this thing, I tore my garment and my robe and plucked out some of the hair on my head and beard. I've been doing that recently. You can tell my beard is gone today. And he said, I sat down And was astonished. 
And everybody trembled at the words of God because the transgression of those who had been carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. At the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting. And having torn my garments and my robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And I said, O my God, I am too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been very guilty. And for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plunder, and to humiliation, as it is this day. Then he said this, And now, for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in the holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. He is appealing to God that God has already demonstrated grace that even though they were, they were married to and contradicting the law, God had shown them a measure of grace. God had allowed them to rebuild the altar. He had allowed them to come together. And Ezra says he's given us a measure of revival in our bondage. There's a measure of revival in our Bondage. There's so much that God can do in our life, but I want to tell somebody that even if you find yourself in bondage, you can have revival. You can find a measure of revival in the midst of what you're going through. It might not look like a whole lot, but you can find a measure of revival. And he said, for we were slaves. Yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage. But he extended mercy to us in the sight of the kings of Persia. And here's what he said. To revive us. To repair the house of our God. And to rebuild its ruins and give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. He said, even in your bondage, I've come to revive you. I've come to repair you. And I've come to rebuild you. Revival. It's time for revival. I don't know what your excuse is or what the reason might be where you would count yourself out from revival. But I'm telling you today, it's time for revival. I asked Ava, I said, what is revival? I always try to preach my sermons to my kids before, just kind of get a temperature for what the audience is going to hear. She said, I don't know. I've heard of it, but I don't know. Some of you might have those same sentiments today. I've heard of revival. I don't know what it is. But revival for us, as I stated at the beginning, it's God's hand. It's God's work. It comes sometimes with miracles. It comes with signs. It comes with wonders and healings and answers and Direction. It comes with peace and with power and wisdom. 
It literally means to make alive again. The definition would say an improvement in the condition or strength of something, an improvement from what it was. There's a revival. It comes alive. It begins to improve. There's a revival going on right now in over the Rhine. It's not a spiritual revival, but it's a, it's a more architectural and a living revival that people are taking root in that part of the city that once uh, was depleted and uh, crime ridden. It's a type of revival. It's an improvement in the condition. And that's exactly what revival is. I want a revival. I am desperate for a revival. I need God to be made alive and well in my life. And so that's why we see miracles. That's why we see signs and wonders and people fill, filled with the Spirit. Why? Because when revival comes, God's Spirit moves in a midst and it brings it uh, alive. It makes it into something that is better than what it was before. See, we need revival. We are dead the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 5, that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. We need revived. We need heaven to come to earth. Revival is absolutely necessary. And here's what I want to help us understand very clearly today. That if we go on living our life without moments of revival... We are sure to drift towards carnality. We are sure to drift away from God. Like gravity pulls us down to earth, so too our flesh pulls us to the lowest common denominator. Sin is this gravitational pull towards earth. Reminded of a statement Nathan Varnum shared with me years ago. It's very encouraging. He said, an airplane is always trying to fall to the ground. Think about that the next time you're flying. <laughs> I'm flying with Alex and Jacob in just a couple weeks. I'm sure we'll get time to discuss that on the plane. The plane is always trying to fall to the ground. It's only through intention and extra power that it's able to survive the gravitational pull. It's only through very intense intention that it can overcome the gravitational pull. And if you and I are simply left to our own devices, we're simply left to our own flesh, guess where we go? We drift towards carnality. We are pulled by the gravitational pull of sin. And so we need revived. We need a revival. We need something to pull us up. We need something to make us alive. If you do nothing, you go the path of least resistance. Can I remind us today that we do not drift towards holiness. We do not drift towards righteousness. We don't drift towards heaven. You and I drift towards earth. We drift towards flesh. We drift towards carnality and sin. I don't believe there's many people who just intentionally walk away from God. 
I don't think there's many people, if any, who experience the wonder and power of the presence of God and decide in the height of the moment to say, you know what, it's not worth it. All this peace, all this love I feel from God, all this affirmation, it's not worth it. I'm walking away from God. No, what happens is we slowly drift. We stop allowing God's power to revive us and we drift towards carnality. We start allowing our own thinking to to take preeminence in our life and we drift away from the things of God until there's this gap in between God and us and we say how did we get there how can I get back there can I tell you it's time for a revival we need a revival in our spirits because I need the power and presence of God in my life as strong as I've ever needed it I'm thankful for every prayer meeting on that Navarre Road. I'm thankful for every time I cried tears at 901 Duber Avenue. I'm thankful for my call at Buckeye Lake Camp Meeting. But I'm telling you, I can't live on past revivals. I need a revival today. I need God to come alive in me today. It's time for a revival. That's why the writer of Hebrews would say, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Hebrews 2, verse 1, lest we drift away. We need heaven to come to earth. We need a revival. Revival is something every generation needs. The children of Israel needed a revival The early church needed a revival. That's why Paul would tell Timothy, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Don't take for granted what God has done in your life and assume if I had a one-time experience with God, that's all I need. No, you need a revival. I need a revival. The Calvary Church needs a revival. There are times in our life when we have to hit the reset button. There are times in our life where we have to evaluate where we are, what we're doing, and where we are going. Because here's the reality, and we all know it. Life is not static. Life is not this static experience. It shifts. It moves. Pretty much You could say, and I could say, every day of our life, I'm in transition. Now, some transitions are bigger than others, but we're transitioning, and we have to reevaluate where we are. We have to reevaluate what we're doing and where we're going. We have to recalibrate. We have to make adjustments. And so I'm suggesting today that we need a revival It's time for a revival. I'm going to hasten to a close here. But I'm reminded in this thought of that great prophet Ezekiel. And you're familiar with this story if you've been raised in church or been around church a little bit. But let me share this story quickly. Ezekiel chapter 37 tells us of the prophet Ezekiel. That the hand of God was upon him. And God set him in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. 
And the Bible says that God caused him to look around, and indeed, all the bones were dry. They were very dry. And God said to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? So Ezekiel does the smart thing. It's what I respond to with Kristen every day. Oh, Lord, you know. I'd love to answer that question for you, but I have a feeling you're going to answer it for me. So you know. So he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Last few weeks I've been talking about the importance of the word of God. Prophesy to these bones. Speak the word of God to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I I prophesied, there was a noise, a rattling. The bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew and flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Slain. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. And he said, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. I'm going to revive you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. He said, I'm not afraid of what the enemy's done to your life. I'm not afraid of you being slain. I'm not afraid of your disconnectedness your disjointedness. But if the word of God can come to you, the word of God can find its way to you, you can find life. Because revival doesn't happen without life. Revival doesn't happen without life. The bones coming together was powerful. The muscle and the skin coming on it was incredible. But revival isn't revival without life. We need life. We need the resurrection power of God in our life. How does revival come? 
I believe revival comes because of the word of God. As I mentioned, he prophesied to these bones. And it comes from man's hunger for the things of God. Are you ready for revival? How desperate are you for God to revive something in your life? You were to look at the trajectory of your life or to look at the decisions of your life. Are there any places in your life that you would say, you know what, I need a spiritual recovery. I need a spiritual renewing. I need a revival in my life. There's a passage out of Job that I felt compelled to read to some of you today. Maybe you'll want to reread it and think about it. Job is one of those tricky books in the Bible to read. But I find this passage pretty interesting and I want to share it with you as I close today. Job is struggling with his life. He's struggling with what's happened to him as he should, as we all would. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. Life wasn't making sense. But he looked across and he saw nature in its elements. And he makes this remarkable statement. For there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. At the scent of water, when all is hopeless, it has the chance to be revived. He says, but man dies and is laid away. Indeed, he breathes his last and where is he? He's struggling with, is there an afterlife? Is this all there is? If the tree can find new life after it's dead, seemingly dead, what about man? What happens to man? He said, where is he? As water disappears from the sea, And a river becomes parched and dried. So man lies down and does not rise. Till the heavens are no more. They will not awake nor be roused from their sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in the grave. That you would conceal me until your wrath is past. That you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? And then this statement struck it at me. All the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. Doesn't seem like there's much hope. Doesn't seem like there's much opportunity. 
There's not much life around me. And I don't know how to answer this question, but all the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. There's a revival for some of you today. You're like a tree that maybe has been cut down. And maybe you feel like there's no chance that you would be revived to where you once were in God. But I'm telling you, if you can get a scent of water, if you can get a scent of the power and presence of God that's reaching for you, even in the midst of bondage, God's reaching for you. Even in the midst of rebellion, God kept speaking to the children of Israel. I have mercy for you. Yeah, your rebellion is causing a lot of ill consequences in your life, but I'm still reaching for you. There's still hope. And I want to tell somebody today, it's revival time. What in your life needs revived today? What in your life needs rebuilt today? Have you drifted? Have you become distracted? There's something in your life that needs repaired, restored. Would you stand with me this morning? Ephesians 2 verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable Riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. See, I don't have hope in this life only, or I would be miserable. But I have hope of being revived one day, of a revival that'll take place in my life at the resurrection. The ultimate revival, the ultimate revival meeting. When we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And that trump's going to sound. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the clouds. It's going to be the greatest revival meeting you and I have ever been a part of. And that revival experience, that resurrection power is in this room today. Wanting to resurrect some hopes in this room. Wanting to resurrect some feelings and some, maybe some relationships in this room that God is saying, I'm going to put together some things that only I can do. It's a revival. It's living again. Some of you have some ministries that are laying dormant like a tree cut down. And you need a revival. You need the power of God to be alive and well in your life. And so today,
I prophesy to the bones to come together. I prophesy to the breath of God, the wind of God, to say that it's possible. It's possible for you to find new life. It's possible for you to find a new story in your life that you can be restored. You can be renewed. You can be revived with the power of God. There is no story in this room that is outside of the reach and mercy of God. He's reaching today. So I want to pray for you before I invite us to come. I want to pray because the word of God is going out today. The word of God is declaring today he's bringing together things that you thought were scattered. But today, I wonder if you'd say, God, revive me. I need revive today. I can smell water somewhere. There's something, just a hint of water somewhere. I can smell it. I can sense it. Your spirit is somewhere near. If you can sense it that far away, you can experience a revival in your life. God, I pray right now. God, for those in this room, God, maybe who feel like they're dead, feel like their spiritual life is at a standstill. God, I'm praying that your mercy would find them today, your love that only you can bring will find them today. God, I pray that there would be a renewing today in your spirit. That maybe somebody who hasn't been filled with your spirit in a while, God would experience the wonder of your spirit afresh. God, I pray there would be somebody who would not just be content to live off revivals in the 70s and 80s or live off the revival of just a few years ago, but God would say, I need a revival in my life today. I need your spirit to breathe in my heart today. Oh God, you're in this room. You're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. There's none like you, God. You're here today. Hallelujah. There's a spirit of revival among us. This is a season of revival. And I'm inviting somebody to come and say, God, I need revive today. Breathe life into my spirit today. Breathe life into my spiritual man today, Lord. God, make us a mighty army, I pray. Make us a mighty army, I pray. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.